Ebenezer Scrooge. The very name evokes a certain mood and character. Charles Dickens had such a way with words, he's said to have put over a dozen into the English language. The most well-known is the main character of A Christmas Carol. To be a Scrooge, in case you don't know, is someone who hoards money and spends as little of it as possible. But more than that, Scrooge is the epitome of a miserable person. As Dickens writes, he carried his own low temperature about him always. No beggars implored him to bestow a trifle. No children asked him what it was o'clock. Now when it comes to the celebration of Christmas, Ebenezer Scrooge declares, it is a time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer. Now there is a lot about the commercialism of the winter holidays that I cannot abide. When they started putting up those Christmas displays back in October, I myself exclaimed, humbug. But this morning, surrounded by all of these evergreens and all of the wonderful music and words that we have brought to light, I would like to celebrate the ways that Dickens contributed in positive ways to the celebration of Christmas in New England and around the world. His writings continue to influence us to today. Now, there are many ways to tell our Unitarian Universalist story. <clears throat> but what is important to remember is that even as our living tradition continues to evolve, our spiritual ancestors have long upheld truth as a virtue. We want our religion to be authentic. Our early Puritan and congregational ancestors rejected, even banned, the celebration of Christmas. There is no biblical evidence that Jesus was born on December 25th. The Puritans asserted that Christmas was an abomination because it was an excuse for drunken revelry and papist idolatry. Charles Dickens first visited Massachusetts in 1842. He was 30 at the time, but he was already celebrated as a popular novelist. He had already written the Pickwick Papers and Oliver Twist and Nicholas Nickleby. He had proved through his writing that serial novels could be not only entertaining, but enlightening highlighting many of the social ills of his day. Accounts of his visit here to the Commonwealth are fascinating. As scholar Dean Grodzins writes, he hoped for a model of how to reform English society, but instead he saw much that repelled him, crassness, materialism, braggadocio, and worst of all, slavery. Although Dickens was disappointed by American society, there was one thing that brightened his spirits and changed his perspective, and that was meeting our spiritual ancestors. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr., 
and Ralph Waldo Emerson, among others. He returned home with lasting friendships and enthusiasm for New England transcendentalists. Charles Dickens was born and baptized Anglican, but he joined the Unitarian Church following his trip to Boston. He wrote in a letter, see, this is truth, he wrote in a letter to Unitarian Harvard professor Cornelius Felton, I have carried into effect an old idea of mine and joined the Unitarians, who would do something for human improvement if they could. <laughs> and who practiced charity and toleration, end quote. Around the same time, some church leaders began holding services to offer a more spiritual focus for Christmas instead of that drunken revelry we talked about earlier. And Dickens not only attended the little Portland Street Chapel in London, he became friends with its minister. It's said that a Christmas Eve service offered by the Reverend Edward Targert inspired Dickens to write a Christmas story. Now, it should go without saying that there was not a large market for Christmas stories at that time. In the 1840s, Christmas was still not a major holiday. Most people worked, as usual. This was the height of the Industrial Revolution. That fog that you hear about rolling in the London streets was actually air pollution caused by coal. Dickens knew firsthand the hardship of poverty and child labor. As a child, his father was thrown into debtor's prison, and he spent some time working in a blacking factory. He began writing his little carol in 1843, and he finished it in 1845. He had some feuding with his publishers, so ultimately, Charles Dickens financed a Christmas carol himself. The first edition has a lavish, binding, gilt edging, and hand-colored illustrations. But the price was only five shillings because he hoped that people would buy it. And they did. It was published on December 19, 1847, and it was sold out by Christmas Eve. By the time Charles Dickens paid his second visit to Boston in 1867, some things had begun to change because there were so many immigrants to our area. They had brought some Christmas customs with them. But it was not an official holiday, not in Massachusetts or even in New Hampshire. Children still had to attend school. People were expected to work on Christmas Day. Dickens was welcomed as an even more celebrated person, and he gave public readings of a Christmas carol to large audiences. When Dickens characterized that puritanical view of Christmas as, well, Scrooge-like, some people had a change of heart. It is said that an American industrialist named Fairbanks was so moved by Dickens' reading that he closed all of his factories and he sent each worker a turkey. 
So many of our beloved traditions are influenced by this period and our Unitarian beliefs. Christmas is a time set apart from our routine of work and school. Many of us still host gatherings or attend a meal and spend time with children by a tree or fireplace. It's an opportunity for us to recognize our blessings and to help others if we can by inviting them into our homes and offering financial assistance. Here at First Parish, there are many opportunities for us to be of service, whether by giving presents to people through Secret Santa or bringing cheer to seniors through Christmas caroling or this bucket brigade. Our kids are out there now shoveling sand into buckets to making sure our conquered seniors will walk safely. This is the best of times, and it is the worst of times. I invite you in this season to welcome everything. Do not shut out your cynicism, unrealized dreams, loneliness, despair. Allow even the memory of those who we dearly miss to open our hearts to embrace life and love. Together, we make real the teachings of Jesus and create a world of equality, forgiveness, and hope.